You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. This is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System, and you're about to have your ears filled with fun! What do we talk about, guys? So many things. We start with the WWE Raw and Andre the Giant, whom we love. And then we kind of talk about corn with a K and sort of with a C. Mad Max and the Ecological Truths. The Binding of Isaac video game. Then we talk about corn. No, for real that time. No, wait, no. (laughs) We talk about Faith No More. Okay, then we talk about corn. And then we talk about Daredevil's ship flips. And hockey. Yes. And then more corn. <laughs> this is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System, everybody. Thanks. We talk about corn. Corn. There's like a famous wrestling, like, like there's like a famous wrestler shoot interview that I can't think of it, whatever. Who, okay. And he just, he just talks about like all people care about seeing his flippy shit. They have no idea. Like they don't really care about like technical wrestling or whatever. It's just all they care about is flippy shit. <laughs> just like some dude just keeps keep saying flippy, flippy shit. shit just all the time. Which I mean. In as, his defense. As a wrestling not fan. Wrong. <laughs> I love, I love me some flippy shit. As, as not a wrestling fan, the only time I'm entertained is when these gigantic men are doing flippy shit. That's not entirely true. Oh? You have said to me. Yeah. That at least as af- 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 after it happened. Yeah. And you were even sober after it happened. Uh-huh. That the Brock Lesnar CM Punk fight was like, you were like, that was the most like entertaining wrestling or professional sports fight that you had ever fake professional sports fight that you actually <laughs> saw. And he was like, and I think that it came from the fact that like punk trained jujitsu, yeah. Brock trained UFC. And both of them are like pretty good at like reacting in ring. So it looked like, I th- and I tend to agree. Well, that I it it looked the most like an actual, like, are we recording? Fight. Oh, yes, I like, we I like good fighting. I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm not it looked, and it looked more like a fight. Yeah. We started. Yeah. yeah. That's how we start. So I know it's been a while. Yeah. No, I just, I was fucking texting my, I was not even the no. Joy, the I ma- call no Mor- Morgan shenanigan. No, what do you call it? You want to say Mulligan? Mulligan. Yeah. I call Morgan. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the joy of of texting someone, Sophie. Is that until you said it, nobody knew. Right. Nobody that knew was you were invisible to the viewer. Yeah, but I wasn't paying attention. We're talking I, about wrestling. Yeah. Ah! I missed shit. out. <laughs> We're talking about Brock Lesnar and CM Punk's match from like two years ago. Yeah, being it was like entertaining. Pr- probably one of the mo- and and like I said, didn't have a lot of flippy shit. Brock but did, but did Lesnar. Yeah. yeah, I don't like. Sophie him. has a wrestling thing. I do. She went to Raw this week, last oh, week. Oh yeah, How was I did. That? It was really scary. Why? Because I didn't know the tickets I got were in the balconies in the Club de Jardin section. Okay. So it was super high, and it took me about an hour to get used to it, and, and to be able to move my arms and not feel like Do you I was have a falling thing off. About heights? Yes. Yeah, the uh. Bell Center is also one of the steepest arenas. At least I don't know. At the time of its construction, I think a lot of arenas have gone. And it's not like I was in the back; I was right up on the railing of yeah, the balcony yeah, too. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very very steep arena, which huh. I think became like one of the more modern construction normalcies. 
sure. of arenas because it's like the steeper they are, the theoretically, the closer have. everybody is yeah. to the rink, yeah. they're just up, right? So you can still see everything instead of being like high and back. You're just high, right? Sure, dude. Sure. Right. That's but I went saying. and it was fun. It was my first time. I liked it. And unfortunately, it was pretty high up. Did guys wrestle? Guys did wrestle. And I thought that was, you know, pretty surprising. I didn't fully expect that. What the it hell? was it was regarded <laughs> by the Internet wrestling community as like a pretty good episode of Raw. Like in terms of like, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't just full of filler. There was a lot of like even the talking spots were. They were pretty, were pretty short fun. and they were fun. Yeah, uh-huh. they had special guests like Pat Patterson appreciation time. Who's yes, Pat they did. Pat Patterson is the first ever intercontinental champion and uh, basically famous for assisting Vince McMahon in like a lot of the bookings, like helping him with like the first WrestleMania still works with the company. Huh, okay. He's a delightful old gay French guy. Yeah. He's, he's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. it was, uh, that appreciation day and, uh, yeah, he was there at mm-hmm. the end of the night. Um, Bret Hart was there. Bret Hart was there, which was really fun. Hmm. And Sami Zayn's match was really fun to watch. It was a bit slow to start, but really picked up and it ended on a high note. I mm-hmm. thought it was really nice. I think that next time, though, I will go again. However, I will invest in floor tickets because how else will Seamus spot me in a crowd and realize he wants to marry me? Right. Yes. But okay, now here. It's I, a legitimate concern. Yeah. I have my legitimate Poor man, concern, yes, though, no is that, like... He looks like a ghost do with, the like, Scots, a dollop of, like, red on top. Do the Scots and the Irishmen get along, traditionally? I don't is, know. Is I mean... I would wager no. John's family history, not you, John, no. Scottish John, yeah. has uh, his family is from Ireland. He has a dollop of Irish in him? Yeah, I would a say dollop. more than a dollop. I'd say a Weep. full ball sack. Oh, a full ball sack of Irish. So whatever. So maybe they'll be mates. They'll be like, we have hair and beards. Seamus's hair, You even you were, your love affair with Seamus... Like, carried on past his dumb mohawk and stupid beaded beard? I would say it enhanced it. Wow. <laughs> so, Seamus used to have big, dumb, spiky red hair and a big uh-huh. beard. You're dumb was the right word, and I liked him look. despite that, but now he looks and now like now he badass. has, a, like, as the same length as his spiky red hair, he now has, like, a red mohawk, but that's not really sculpted. It's kind of like a floppy mohawk. Does he look like a character from Asterix and Obelix? Yes! Pretty it's much. So hot. And then he has, awesome. and then he has like beaded, braided, like yeah. multiple little tight beads, and not like a big beat braid, like multiple little small braids in his beard. Like the, one of the singers from Corn. I suppose so. I don't know. They have Man. goofy. They had two singers in there. I don't know. I thought what? it was just Jonathan I, I Davis. I don't even fucking. Why, I why I did I bring up Corn? I, I have a Corn thing retracted. to talk about. Why? I actually watched a Corn video also. So I was. <laughs> um, okay, so this is we're gonna talk about Heavy Montreal just a little bit. Are we? We are. I actually had a wrestling thing. You want to do? We can finish on wrestling. Just remember, remember corn. Okay. Hey, li- listener. Remember, we're going to talk about corn <laughs> later. Fucking fantastic. So wrestling. I read. Um, what do you call those things where you have corn with a bunch of people? Corn uh, a corn. Shuck? A, a corn, corn shucking. Is that like a farmer party? I don't know, but we, <laughs> I went. I went to them. Uh-huh. My, so did I. Wasn't my, that a thing when you were kids? It, it was a thing. Somebody's I, backyard. Yeah, exactly. And like then my, somebody always ended up with a bunch of those stringy things on their head. It was like a corn fest, like a corn corn cotton shuck thing. What? Remember, because every year my my dad's friend, <laughs> <laughs> every year my dad's buddy who lived next to a literal cornfield, would just like. Talk to the farmer and be like, okay, we're going to pick a bunch of your corn. We're going to give you like 50 bucks for fucking corn for like 100 people. Yeah. 
and you had a corn party and it had a big old corn party and you had like a huh. big giant pots of corn on the boil and then you grab them and you eat them and then the kids run around and, and you, you like make a big circle and a guy plays a guitar. <laughs> this you know. just sounds like a party where you have corn. So but it's in someone's backyard, recipe? you see, and there's a lot of corn. Uh-huh. There was, and it was so delicious. <laughs> okay, I read. We also had lobster things. I read Carrie Ulysses' memoirs of creating the movie The Princess Bride. Okay, and it was like. How do you say his name? I don't know, Elwis. I think so. Elwis. Anyway, whatever. So you, you sound. It sounded like Danish the way you said it. Well, I said it wrong. So um, it was like you know, like how actors get when they're talking about other actors, and they're all like spineless sycophants. Everything was amazing. I love everybody. Everybody loves everybody. Right. That kind of bullshit. So he had like fifty pages of that, but then he got into like the stories on the set where people like broke limbs and they, you know, like a lot of guys, it was like their first job and whatever. And, and it, it was like actually super funny and entertaining. And anyway, he had like a whole chapter talking about Andre the Giant right. and how wicked this guy was to work with, how fucking like everybody loved him. And I don't know if you guys have heard the story where Andre got really hammered in a hotel and then... Well, and they couldn't move him. And they they couldn't move him. Yeah. He like passed out in the middle of the hotel and he got hammered because he drank three bottles of bourbon and 12 bottles of wine. That's a lot of liquor. Apparently, yeah. his, that's his, his drinking was like legendary. legendary. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he got hammered with Carrie, and that was my that was my thing. It was like the best part of the book. I could read about Andre for like forever. Mm-hmm. He just sounds like the best dude. He was, and he fucking treated his friends all the time. But then, if you pissed them off, he'd go weird, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know about that. He had another story where he was like partying in. So, like a- after having you know like wrapped the film, a couple years later, he met up with Carrie, and they went drinking in New York City, Aww. and then. Um, and, and they, they like went from bar to bar and everybody knew Andre and was just like, Hey, it's Andre the giant. It was like giving him free drinks and whatever. And then Carrie noticed there was this creepy dude following them around. Mm -hmm. And then Andre was like, Oh no, that's, that's a New York policeman. Every time I go drinking in New York city, they automatically put a policeman on me because if I pass out anywhere, they want to have a policeman around to just make sure everything (laughs) is okay. Wow. Yep. My favorite story of Andre that I guarantee you. I've talked about at some point in this show. Okay, is the him and Dusty Rhodes getting super drunk because he hated he hated riding around in cars and stuff, right? because yeah. he was super cramped. Too in them. big for them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is why he had this crazy custom fucking Lincoln with the the back seat moved all the way or the front seat moved all the way to the back that yeah. he could drive in. But anyway, so it was like him and Dusty Rhodes, then like bribed slash stole a horse-drawn buggy because it was more comfortable yeah. for fucking Andre the Giant. So just riding around New York City, Andre the Giant and Dusty Rhodes being like, get out of the way! <laughs> I'm riding a carriage! I'm with Andre the Giant! <laughs> like, just Dusty Rhodes in his hilarious lisp, just yelling drunkenly, while Andre the Giant's like, ha ha ha, Dusty. Here's another good one. Everybody mentioned that Robin Wright is, like, super hot and has this weird attraction to her, and she's, like, 50, and everybody's like, whoa, it's so strange. I've never found a 50-year-old woman attractive before okay. like this. Anyway, she played Buttercup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which she, I didn't know until I read this book. She also played Jenny. Jenny? Oh, yeah, from from Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I think she was less of a, less of a like, good character mm-hmm. in that in that film. She, like, stood out. Everybody was so into Forrest Gump. All I liked was the soundtrack. No, Forrest Gump is fun. It's like, it's a cool, like... That's just, like, your opinion, man. No, but I'm just saying, like, I don't I don't think it deserves, like, didn't it win Best Picture? You yes, like, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't think it yeah. necessarily deserved the, like, praise of Best Picture, but I thought it was, like, a fun, like time capsule piece just like this yeah, guy yeah. like is like touching on all of these it like, made me sad 
it gave like I was pretty young when I saw it, and it was like I feel that like my foundation of like American twentieth century history <laughs> is comes like from Forrest comes Gump. from Forrest Gump. Like I don't know, I was when it's not that crazy off. I mean, he just I was, like hits all the important parts. Well, I was like eleven or twelve. Like what the yeah. fuck did I know about American history before Forrest Gump? Like. Mm-hmm. Just like even just like stuff like JFK assassination and like Vietnam War and mm-hmm. like all that stuff, I was like, that time everybody took a marathon from coast to coast, yeah, to coast. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Forrest Gump. When they follow him doing, mm-hmm. he the runs. Oh yeah, I forgot about that bit. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All that stuff. Lieutenant Dan losing his legs. Important yeah. American history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so other wrestling stuff. Yeah. Speaking of Sami Zayn, so Sami Zayn, uh, formerly El Generico from Montreal wrestling fame, made his Monday Night Raw debut at the Raw that Sophie saw. Yes. And I, along with Walter, Raz, and Sarah, this Mm -hmm. weekend are going to Albany to watch NXT live. Nice. Yeah, so we're going to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and all that. Where's Albany? New York? Albany is, yeah, New York State. The capital. Mm. Yes. The capital capital of of New York State. Oh, thank you. Yes. Anticipated that, hey? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to a drive-in theater. We're going to see Mad Max... In a drive-in theater. That's pretty awesome. At which point we'll be watching Mad Max in a car, and then I will be incredibly tempted to just smash my car. That is a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Do not watch it in a drive-in. The reviews are in, and they are, like, stellar. Everything I've heard says that this is, like, an artsy, like, smash em up 80s action movie that, like, blows expectations out of the water. what's his face? It's, like, it's the same director. It's, It's like, it's not, like... But that's not necessarily a good thing. Like, the the Mad Maxes were very good, but they were also 80s action flicks, so they have their cheesy moments. Oh, yeah. It could could not translate very well. Well, apparently, according to the critics, it does. But I'm just saying that it's kind of, like, it's not... Does it have Tina Turner? No, no, and it no. really shouldn't. Thanks, <laughs> thankfully, yeah. Probably the worst part of any of the Mad Max films is <laughs> Tina Turner's part in Thunderdome. <laughs> like, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. Does but, it have Beyonce? I hope not. As Tina Turner? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like literally, Tina, no! But like that that's my one bit, though. I mean, I guess I guess it'll make sense in the movie or whatever, because mm-hmm. they're like, it's not a reboot, they're saying. Like, this is... this is. It could just be like the same character. And I guess maybe up. somewhere in the middle? Could be because well because he's clearly older in Thunderdome yeah like and the, and he's already like he also has a lot of repute already in Thunderdome like right. they're like oh fuck it's Max well this this film apparently starts off with him captured by a bunch of slavers so yeah. I mean it could be like could be after Tales Road Warrior from the middle or no after Mad Max it's Road Fun Warrior fact, Mad Max the only time I ever saw Mad Max and I can't remember whether it was the first or second it was the different. first time I got kind of drunk. But not solid drunk, kind of drunk. It was after a cast party for a theater show that I'd done mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And I watched it the next day when we were all hungover and I don't remember any of it. Was he more like a cop or was it more in the desert? In the desert? So it's probably two. Yeah. Two? Okay. Yeah. And if he goes right. into the Thunderdome, then it's in Thunderdome. <laughs> the, the first one weirdly starts off with it like not even really being post-apocalyptic. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, there's something clearly going on, but well, it's, it's like... Su- well, because it's such a fucking great premise, right? Yeah. It's that, like, the world went to war, but Australia clearly didn't get, like, bombed out or anything. Because so it's, it's just it's like, Australia. Because it's just shit. Australia. So it's like, yeah. there's, like, a lot of, like, news reports and stuff that are, like, kind of, like, on in the first one. where the, So they're just, like... Australia is just going to eat itself because Australia has a population much bigger than it can actually support. Yep. Like it requires tons of imports. So they're like, everybody kind of knows they're like, well, it's just a matter of time before we start killing each other, I suppose. So it's like the last like vestiges of society are like him and his buddies who are cops, but they're like way more over the top cops because 
you everything's kinda, going to shit. Everything is slowly yeah. going to shit as like society's like literally crumbling. And I was like, I've always had that question. I'm like, how fast would it take for Australia to become Mad Max? <laughs> like, how quickly when you're just like, okay, you're cut off, supplies are fucking short, you have all of the like bits of technology, but say the rest of the world is like uninhabitable or whatever or irradiated, mm-hmm. so you can't really go anywhere to get anything. You can't grow enough to feed your own population like how quickly does that become post-apocalyptic fucking road warrior style like i would wager extremely quickly i read this well that's what mad max says right like mad max is like from one movie to the next it's been like five six years and it's pretty psychotic and then like another five or six years to thunderdome and you're like fucking (laughs) like steam towers and fucking murder fights like so i read this huge ecological history of australia that said when people first ran into australia like in the 1800s people white people um (laughs) they in like it was in like a time of like unusual prosperity the weather was perfect so they figured like oh my god this is like perfect settling territory and that's why it became ended up becoming like a like Mm -hmm. a prison colony whatever yeah and then um and, and that's like totally extraordinary and all the natural flora in australia grows incredibly slowly because it's normally very droughty there yeah and so because it droughty it's very dry so like because the 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 flora doesn't replace nutrients in the soil very quickly it's like if you grow a lot of stuff there as people have over the last 150 years it's more like mining nutrients out of the soil than it is like growing so it'll go barren fucking very very quickly well that that, that, yeah that's the other thing too right is that they and they like farmers and stuff plan for it and they have like they only use like chunks of their land and there's yeah. like parts of their land where you're like, you don't get to grow anything here for like 10 years, 10 yeah. years because we grew something there 10 years ago. <laughs> like, and you're like, you have to like cycle through the land and like change other fucking stuff. Cause it's yep. like the soil just doesn't. But on the other hand, uh, it's not going to get nuked and there's not a lot. It's like very, very stable soil. So if you're worried about like earthquakes, it's not going to mm-hmm. get hit. So, um, roving packs of car gangs. That, that is a danger. Yes. <laughs> And the video game, yeah, looks, looks spectacular. Looks fucking tremendous. Also, like, yeah. there's a trailer for the video game that looks fucking like, I suppose, Grand Theft Auto and Mad Max. <laughs> like, yeah. basically, yeah. like it looks like in a Fallout. Guys, Grand Theft Fallout, Auto and yeah. Fallout. Yeah. Guys, I had a very sad realization that I think I only just completed now. Okay. Well, I think I don't enjoy video games anymore. Well, yes, but that's okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, no. Maybe you I don't enjoy you anymore. New ones. <gasps> What the fuck? It's just something you come to the realization of. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't fucking know. Even World of Warcraft, I'm kind of mad because I'm not involved That's anymore. That's because it's World of Warcraft. It's okay to get bored of it. Yeah. I haven't been able to touch it in like fucking five years. There's other video games out there that are wonderful. All right, recommend me some. I will. That, that cost no money. No. Well, your best okay. Your like go on you, Steam, find things on yeah, sale exactly. for your two be, bucks. Your best bet is okay. to pretty much just go on Steam and like catch Steam sales or humble bundles too. Yeah, those are great. Like you get like a ton of like little indie like cheapy indie games yeah. and that like for sometimes just pay what you want. I mean, like, at that you were at my house yesterday and you were like, "Oh my god, that that, um, that Binding so of cute. Isaac looks adorable. Why don't I play that?" No, I didn't say why don't I play that. No. I said that's really cute. Okay, and that was that. Well, maybe you want to play it. I don't. I, I was. Can we talk about Binding of Isaac, John? I know we've talked about it before. I know. I really want to talk about it. I've been playing it all fucking day. <laughs> Holy shit, man! Binding of Isaac. I know. The thing so. is, we're like fucking five years out of date with this video game. So. But we're not really, because Afterbirth is coming out this summer. So That's there's going to be like a binding. Renewed and, and also, now like, I'm glad I was at your house because Afterbirth now makes sense. 
Yes. Anyway, and also they just recently, very recently, brought a bunch of the patches from the computer over to the PS4. So there's been a resurgence of people coming onto the PS4. Yep. Like there's there is like activity activity that is like Binding of Isaac centric. Like they just released a bunch of patches to bring everything. It's now like aligned with the PC version Mm -hmm. and stuff. So like there's like stuff happening with Binding of Isaac Mm -hmm. and uh, Ed McMillan is like on Reddit and on Twitter. Like legitimately, like talking to fans about stuff that they want to see in Rebirth mm-hmm. and or Afterbirth, I should say. And these oh. are these are the expansion packs for the game. Okay. Afterbirth is one is one that's coming out real soon. Rebirth was a, well, like, Rebirth, a major. Re- yeah. Rebirth is the combination of Binding of Isaac, Binding of Isaac, Wrath of the Lamb, Binding of Isaac, something of the Fallen, and okay. then also remixed completely. Right. Like so, it's he had he released his initial game, had two expansions for it, then released Rebirth, which is like. A perfect edition that combines all of the expansions, yeah, and is rebalanced. And now, Afterbirth is an expansion to Rebirth. Okay. So yeah, because it's it's fucking crazy. We should explain what this the game pro- is in we, case there's somebody who doesn't wait, know. Wait, wait, wait! Why don't they make the next one a musical and called it the Umbilical Chord? C H O R D. I feel like that could be an item in the game. Nope. There is an umbilical chord. Yeah, I know there is, but but an umbilical C H O R D that would change Ring. the music. Bling. Is there a way to change it? I am satisfied. I feel I've contributed the maximum of <laughs> what I could through this Sophie podcast. Made we have, we have, we've touched on Binding of I'm Isaac, out, I think. I'm out, bitches. I'm done. <laughs> so much <laughs> out. We've touched on Binding of Isaac a little bit. So it's a dungeon crawler, yep. a rogue light, I yes. suppose. Yep. Uh, that is like a top-down, like most of the time, it's, it's like Zelda. Sing- single room, single screen, kind of yep. like Zelda. Sometimes it's like two screens, single room, mm-hmm. and the door's locked and you have to beat all the enemies in it. You have, it's, I guess it's a shooter. Because yep. you shoot in like your Little four but your four buttons are your the directions that you shoot, mm-hmm. and that's your starting setup. And then you go through and you get items. Some of them are passive items that are trinkets. Some of them are like consumable items, which usually use like a little power bar. And then some of them are full consumable items, which are pills, and single shot use, yeah. like pills and cards. And then some of them are just items that buff you. I don't yeah. understand why there's so much poop. Because he's a little kid who's been locked inside of a chest. But he's wearing himself. a diaper. He no, he's not wearing a diaper. He's naked. Isn't, isn't yeah. he? Yep. Huh. I suppose. Yeah, yeah totally. He's a naked, naked little kid who's yeah. running around. Okay. Pooping exactly. All over the he's place. locked himself inside of a chest because he's punishing himself because he thinks that that's why his father left and his sister died. Yeah. It's a very dark it's game. It's a very dark game. <laughs> but, like, I you don't really. His mom was trying to kill him. Oh, yeah. He, that's in his mind, his mom is trying to kill him. Yeah, but exactly. I think, actually, he's locked himself in the chest and he's, like, losing himself in this fantasy world as he suffocates. And his mom, in fact, is putting up posters. I don't know if you noticed, there's, yeah, like, it, missing child posters all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. also, the heavily alluded to, I guess, Binding of Isaac spoilers, if we, have you beaten the Blue Baby yet? No. Okay, so if you beat the Blue Baby, yeah. there's like a full like poster of Binding of, of Binding of Isaac, poster of Isaac on the, the door or on a post, yeah. and like the silhouette of the mom like wandering the streets looking for him. Yeah, like so she might not be the best mom, but she's she not necessarily trying to kill him the way that he thinks. She clearly didn't look for him everywhere. Well, that's well, true. Yeah, he he's in the house, isn't he? But he might be passed out. Why would you look like think that he'd be in a box? Either way, it looks super cute. It is. It is. It it is, is yeah. All of the art style is, is incredibly adorable. Like even <laughs> even the poops that run at you yes, are I yeah. have to say. super cute. But yeah, so this fucking game. So like, I don't even know how, how do we like, describe how compelling it is because it's like a, like one play of the game. Like you die often. It's extremely extremely. I would difficult. I would even say that the first two levels is where you're most likely to die. Mm-hmm. Like. The first two and then, like, the last two. Like, basically, the middle of the game, there's, like, a sweet spot where you can actually 
okay, you can actually get to the bosses. But like, yeah. I find I died most often in like the basement or the cellar hmm. because you haven't gotten any pickups and you haven't had any buffs and spiders are like the worst. <laughs> like little spiders that just run, that don't really have a pattern, that just run jig, like especially when you're playing some of the optional characters that only have like one or two hearts. You're yeah. like, yeah, you'll die in the first couple levels all the time until you actually can so get out. you die a lot. And then yep. the, the like nature of the game changes dramatically depending on what items you get. Because yeah, you'll yeah. get some things that will completely change how your character acts or mm-hmm. like how he shoots or how, how the game kind of, you like your strategy of playing through the game. And because it's all totally random, like you never know what you're going to get. You might like walk into a room being like super happy with your shooting capabilities. And then all of a sudden, like your shots fire backwards and orbit you really slowly. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? And the other thing that's fucking... Or I think the most compelling part about it is that the way that those items interact with each other. Yeah. Where you're just like, like the difference between a concussive tier that now orbits you might be more useful than one that isn't concussive or like, and then the blood tears and then, or this is switches up this and like, I don't even understand the fucking hard coding that must've gone into not only each and every one of the items, but how each and every one of the items interacts yeah. when you're like okay this this gives this buff like piercing to this type of shot and then you also have like the wub wub on it so it wiggles you know so you're like this is actually a thing that i want right now like yeah. it's fucking it's crazy and they're adding so many more items in afterbirth mm-hmm. and they're adding more transformations have you transformed yet john no you have not no so transforming there's different ways to transform you this is doubly tragic like so when your character dies, he leaves a suicide note, and he leaves everything to his cat, Guppy. Yeah. But, like, you pick up bits the of cat's Guppy. cat's name is Fish? Yes. Yeah. But you pick up bits of Guppy in the fucking, like, in the game. Like, you pick up Guppy's head and Guppy's tail. I've gotten Guppy's head and, and tail at the same time. And dead Never cat, more than that. And dead cat and all that stuff. So you're like, yeah. Guppy's dead. <laughs> he left everything he owned to his dead cat. Yeah. And presumably the, um, the, the theory on the internet is that because like the mom is very distraught and withdrawn, mm-hmm. that he should be taking care of Guppy, but because he's in the box, Guppy has died. Nice. <laughs> so that the is... mom isn't taking care of his dead cat. Exactly. Either. That's yeah. also why the dog is dead. Like yeah. there's Cricket, the dog, and there's yeah. like think Tammy, the something else. Like all of the pets are dead because he's not taking care of them because he locked himself in the box. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Anyway, and then there's also Lord of the Flies. So if you get three Guppy items, you you become Guppy. Is it strong? Like, what does it do? Well, you've had Guppy's head, which you can summon flies. Yes, yeah. Which is super strong. Yeah, 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 they're very And uh, Guppy's head, if you transform into Guppy, you're flying, okay. first of all, which is amazing to yeah. begin with. And also, every time you kill someone, it makes a fly. That's so, amazing. And you usually have Guppy's head also, so you can just like have this crazy army of flies. And if you get the best friends forever item, then the flies are all big. Yep. And then you're just like an unstoppable fly machine, which is super powerful. Mm-hmm. And then Lord of the Flies, which I haven't actually done, but you become a fly man. Yeah, I've gotten two of the like meat wad character, yeah, to, uh, to meat, boy meat boy and, yep. and whatever, but I've never meat finished wad. it off. Meat, meat, boy, meat boy or bandage girl. Yeah. So yeah, Binding of Isaac. Delightful. Yep. Super, love it. Super exciting. I think I'm at 50. 50 something percent of the trophies too interesting which is uh i should check how far i am and then also there's i come i've pretty much come to terms with the fact that i'm not going to platinum it because (laughs) because of the fucking the lost okay so the lost is a character that starts with no health Mm -hmm. and cannot gain health through any means which means it is one hit kill every time yep no matter what so and you have to beat the game with lost 
you need to beat all the bosses with Lost. Right, <laughs> which requires like five playthroughs. At least. Yeah. Like, And I think you need to beat Mom's Heart on Hard also. Wow. So, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> like, to the point where Edring Millen's like, this is actually too challenging. Mm-hmm. Like, they're talking about tweaking him in the, uh, in the thing. Because the thing is, is one of the things that... Well, people are saying that doesn't without necessarily removing the challenge, mm-hmm. is to just remove any HP drops from a lost run. Right. Because the game doesn't rebalance itself, even knowing you can't get health. So like, oh yeah, say they'll be like all over the place. Say they'll yeah. be like dog food. Yeah. Oh no, but I'm not not just not just health drops. Who gives a shit about health drops? Yeah. Like item drops when you beat a boss. If it's just a plus one heart, it's like fuck you. You're the lost. Too yeah. bad that item does nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and there's yeah. a lot of like, there's a pretty good chance that those items will drop. Once or twice sure, a game, sure. and you're just like, this is, you're like, don't necessarily reduce the difficulty, don't give them health, don't give them whatever, but, like, maybe just remove those, like, health up drops, because, yeah, fuck you. Anyway, crazy, <laughs> super hard game, but also one of the things I like about it is that, I guess, which is a little bit different from Meat Boy, mm-hmm. is that you can get incredibly overpowered in I Binding remember of Meat Boy! Same developer, same guy. Hey, I'm back in a conversation. Remember mm-hmm. Meat Boy, the super hard platformer? I don't know what that means, but I remember it was fun to watch him explode. Yes. Similar, this is the same developer. Same guy. Yeah, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, cool. That's why the art style is super similar. Is yeah. it? Yeah, it's uh, the same guy, and like Ed McMillan develops the game and also does all the original drawings. Too. I like saying that name. Ed McMillan? Yeah. Yeah. Say you it. haven't said it yet. No, I know. I just like listening to it, and I imagine I'm the one saying it every time. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I like saying that name with your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? I haven't been sleeping much lately. (laughs) Uh Anyway, so yeah, so he's also super, uh, super interactive with his fans Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But also, but like I said, I find that one thing that's kind of cool is that every, like I had a run with Samson where I had full powered tears Mm -hmm. That were already huge. Then I got uh, proptosis or whatever, where your eyes are all crazy dilated. Yeah. And, like, no joke, the tears, my single tears were bigger than, like, four bricks. Yeah. Like, and full damage. And they were shielded tears, which I don't know if you've ever had. Uh, I, I, I was just going to say, I had a run where I had that. I had shielded tears that would, like, orbit me, like but, like, in a very close spiral. Okay. And they would go, like, for, like, a really long time, and they fired super fast, and they were as big as four bricks, and they were shielded. So you're, like, invulnerable running around. Yeah, exactly. Shield, so, like, like I just I walked up to Blue Baby, and I shot him, like, oh, and... Uh, and it's penetrating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But also, I... I I think I might have been guppy, uh-huh. and I just had, like, a million fat flies. So, like, I flew into Blue Baby. Like, my flies were, like, whoop, and, like, took him down to 50, and then I shot him four times. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's one of the hardest bosses in the game. Yeah. And dead. Yeah, you, you can become crazy overpowered with the right combination of items. And, and a whole playthrough takes less than an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's, like, zippy to get through the game if things are going right. And if you die, well, okay, you wasted, like, ten minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad. Yep. Yeah. Super fun. It's really, and I mean, like I said, you can sit down knowing that a good run, an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Go max. If you're talking, yeah. if you're like going darkroom and everything, like afterwards, like. Yeah. So, because there's it, multiple extra levels can open up as yeah. you uh, as you get better and better at beating it. Yeah. How about them Habs? How about no, them? No, no, you guys were going to talk about corn. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, corn. Yeah. Okay, well, wait, hang on. I'm going to finish up. So we're going to NXT, and I'm super excited. Yay! <laughs> going to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and then we're going to do flippy shit. Mm-hmm. 
So flippy corn. shit. Oh shit! Are we didn't do flippy shit. No, we're gonna get to that too. We're gonna get to that. Get later. ready, listener. Flippy shit is flippy coming shit up. Flippy shit is also coming. Look at this. We're putting previews in <laughs> later in the hour. <laughs> okay, so corn. So I'm going to Taiwan this summer. Okay. Is corn playing Taiwan yes. while you're no. there? No, they are not. Okay. Uh, okay, so I, I'm trying to like properly frame this whole frame this whole story. Okay. So why next- does a story need a frame? All great stories require a build-up and a frame. So next mm, Tuesday, mm-hmm. I suppose, the new Faith No More album comes out. Yeah, called which Soul, is quite good. Soul Invictus. My buddy Brian was just seeing their show last night. He was in so Toronto? excited. I don't know where it was. They were playing in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. So Faith No More got back together and brought out the first album in 18 years mm-hmm. called Soul Invictus. It's a, There's a preview of it right now on NPR Radio, which John was really hard and couldn't internet. There's a couple of other online sites that are having it also. Yeah, So yeah. You, can, you can get that online. And this sure. is like the not the first time. If you look at NPR in, the, in that bottom, there's a lot of albums that come out like... NPR first. Yeah. NPR first, and it's like the the only through their player, and it's the whole entire file. So I guess even if you ripped it, you wouldn't really get the whole... Yeah. album or whatever but who gives a shit you could still give an album a listen to which I yeah, think is yeah, yeah. super cool of any artist who does that and like lets that happen um, so yeah so listen to the entire thing and it's fucking really good like yeah. I was shocked at how good it was I was kind of really not sure yep. especially with like I always kind of viewed Faith No More as like especially like well post whatever like yeah, the yeah, Patton yeah. era like the, the glory days of Faith No More is the mm-hmm. Mike Patton stuff like I always kind of viewed it as like a like a lightning in a bottle situation where you're like, this is some weird dudes who got together and made some weird shit that came out that o- somehow worked. that came out yeah. okay, <laughs> you know? And it's just like they you're just some a, cool shit. Sort yeah, of your like weird like funk bass lines and metal guitars and rapping sometimes, sometimes piano and crooning yeah. and like some <laughs> piano tunes. Like you're like, there's a lot like a lot could go wrong <laughs> with this format. With this format, is it the same? It, it is the same. Yeah. It's, like, it's certainly yeah. more mature, I would say. Like, these are guys who have also, they've all, except for one of them, they've all been spending the last 18 years making other music and, like, other genres and mm-hmm. stuff. So I think that they've all kind of, like, matured, grown up musically. But certainly it's Faith No More. Yep. Like, certainly it's super. I also, like, it has all the things you're kind of looking for, like funk bass lines and metal growls. And, super like, bass driven songs. Yeah, but that's always really been faith no more's case though. that's what i'm saying yeah that, exactly. that's like Super... that, that's that's a key part of the like faith in the works yeah, exactly experience. all of the piano stuff Patton's yeah. vocals are fucking stellar insane yeah like yeah. i think his vocals have probably gotten tighter like in the do you think he's less high now he was never even that high all the time like okay. like supposedly if you believe i don't know if you believe like what he says, yeah. he's like he's like we didn't party as hard. He was like he's like going on tour and traveling and playing shows. He's like it's fucking really hard. It's even fucking harder to be like banging hookers and doing blow every night. Like he's <laughs> like that that makes it like impossible. Like he's like touring is fucking hard to begin with. You know he's like he's like half the time if we had a really good set he's like we would be like oh fuck like we would like start writing jams and stuff after the set if we were like really jacked from a show. He's like not saying there was no partying. And we were like, oh, let's make more music. But he's like, we were never those bands that like... I still don't see how this connects to Korn. Okay. Or Taiwan. Hey. So, or Flippy Shit. I don't know how many times I wrote Korn on the list. Korn. Korn. <laughs> Korn Fest. I looked up earlier in the podcast. I looked up Corn Party and could not find another word for it. But I really feel like there was one. <laughs> okay. So... I really want to see Faith No More. They're kind of one of those acts that I've 
like would like to cross off my bucket list of bands that I've seen. Yeah. And they're yeah. playing Heavy MTL this year. Okay. Face No More? Yeah. They're playing the Saturday night. And that's the day that I get back <laughs> from Taiwan. Okay. Oh, tough Is Korn luck. also playing? Korn is also playing Heavy MTL. Oh. And this is the Korn story. Yeah. Because despite the fact that, like, so they're like one of the headliners. They're headlining the Friday night. Face No More is headlining the Saturday night. Yep. And despite the fact that, like, Face No More started making music presumably, like, 15 years before Korn. They oh, not 15 years. Korn? Follow the leader? No. The, Korn, the self-titled, was like 91. Was it? Yeah, dude. It was way early. I don't what? remember Korn until like 95, 96. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. Look this up. Korn Hold was up. more recent. Faith No More was 80s. Yeah, dude. Faith No More is 80s. That's what I'm saying. Okay. This is going to be... Well, okay, whatever. 15 years is, is no way. Maybe a decade? Maybe a decade. At least a decade. Yeah. Let's, John will check out these maps. You're right, 1994. 1994 um, versus Faith No More's first album. Okay. So, and pre-Patton, right? Patton was like 88. Okay. So, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they are much older, and like, and I think Patton might be one of the younger guys in the band, too, uh-huh. that Faith No More looks like significantly less, like, badly aged than Korn. Why? Because every member of Korn still has stupid dreadlocks. Uh. <laughs> stupid long dreadlocks. Okay, they formed in 81. But I still wow. think like it's, yeah. it's fair for like you not to really... Dude, or, the yeah. guitarists and the bassists and all that stuff are original members. Patton wow. came later. So yeah, that's yeah. 13 years difference okay. between Korn and Faith No More. And, and Faith No More has aged much better. <laughs> exactly, because they don't have long, disgusting dreadlocks. Also, John Davis kind of got, got fat. Yeah. Like, the, the picture of them on the poster, I was like, oh, come on, Corn. <laughs> I felt really bad, because I don't remember what the other headliner is on Friday, but it's like, you know, there's like three big bands of like various degrees who are yeah. kind of like always like the show closers, mm-hmm. I guess, and it's Mastodon, someone else than Corn, and I was like, Ooh, Mastodon. and I was like, yeah. oh, Mastodon. We saw them earlier last year, and they were great. Oh, Alexis That's on Fire is the other fun. the other one. Sure, it's not Alex is on Fire. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I think know. that's funny because I care not for this band. I kind of like them. I like they them. Have, they have some good moments. Yeah. Whereas on Saturday, the day that I want to go to, the headliners are No Effects, Iggy Pop, and Faith No More. Wow. So that's I'm, fucking great. That's, Iggy Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, fuck. I, I wonder like, if he can still put on a good show. Yeah. Apparently, he really can. Like he yeah. played. Yeah, like last I heard, like a year or two when he played Montreal. Slipknot. Are they the Sunday headliners? I don't know. Lamb of God's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Lamb of God. Talent. I like to be called him Log. Bullet for my Valentine. Meshuga's gonna be there. That's cool. Yeah. Billy Gojira. Talents. Billy Talents gonna be there. Gorgira's there. Mastodon's there. Testament, dude. Lita Ford. Yeah. Warren. Holy crap! Sophie reads the heavy Montreal lineup <laughs> on this week's episode of Nine to Five Entertainment System. Ah, oh, that's cool. Okay. Oh, bars. So are we done? Can we go about flippy shit now? I guess so. It's gonna be great. We've been building up to flippy shit for some we sure time. Sure have, now, you guys. So, so Daredevil <laughs> is wonderful. Daredevil is amazing. Yeah. And so, what, Sophie, how far? You're you're finished with it? No, sure? no, no. I'm in the, uh, episode twelve or something. Okay, so you're like I'm not that far. Though. I'm at episode eight. Okay. Like, yeah. So we're all, we're all pretty into it. So we won't necessarily talk about major plot points. No. Although I will. We will not talk about plot points, Keith. I will say. No. This is not. No, even, Keith. This is not a plot point. In the la- and maybe it was because of your comment in the last fight of the show, which is not a spoiler because guess what? There's a last fight in a superhero show. It's I... a superhero show. Eve, Eve, don't listen to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I saw what you meant a little bit by flippy shit. He gets a little flippy in the last fight. And I was like, hmm. Well, flip you, Keith. Now you understand. I kind of okay. And even then, I kind of see still, it. It's still cool looking. So one of the things, listeners, this is that is This is somebody who's never done fucking martial arts, but it looks cool, but it doesn't I, make sense. I have superpowers. I did martial arts for three years, four years. Don't say I never did it. And I did I, fencing. I never, I never hey, did hey, flippy shit. Hey, John, yeah. I do tech support. Okay. I don't know shit about it. Well, I don't care. I did. Co- <laughs> As someone who never did martial arts but did competitive fencing, I can tell you that if there was any way I could incorporate flippy shit into fencing, you would constantly, you would, yeah. <laughs> just constant but flippy. But that's because Takei would endorse that. Yay, <laughs> George Takei. Uh huh. Yes, I'm George Takei. Does he fence? The second. Yes. Remember yes. Sulu fencing all the time? Mm. And the fuck- you don't remember Sulu going crazy and topless in a show and yeah! fencing? No. When you like when they all had like when they were all indulging in their base desires, he became a crazy fencing man. Nope. Naked and sweaty. Fencing. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so So let's let's talk about the, the much lauded fight scenes. Like yeah. everybody on the internet has said that the fights are super I, I think awesome. they're like the best looking fight scenes I've seen from a TV show ever. Pro- I don't, can't think of another TV show that's had better looking fight scenes. Like Okay, you know what? If I'm gonna do this, you can't interrupt me, Keith. Okay, I'm gonna you give cannot. you. I'm gonna give you like a few minutes. Fuck off! <laughs> like for real, just fucking let me talk. Okay, go. This so, is a huge so, deal for me. So anyway, so this is a little bit of background. He just did it. He no, 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 no. This is before you start, so that we know that the, the listener understands that this is coming from a place. Sophie disagrees with the flippy shit. So if you enjoy the man. flippy shit. Sophie has this to say. Thank you for saying that for me, Keith, because <laughs> I could not have managed. Yeah, you. Dick bag. I, yeah, no. Okay, so obviously <laughs> I do have a background in martial arts since I was a very young kid. I have over a fucking decade of studying or actually practicing or whatever. And Daredevil, I am really, really enjoying the show. So I have nothing against it. I fucking love it. I love everything they're doing with it, including the fights, except for when they toss in this flippy kick and, and like parkour nonsense that blends in with capoeira sometimes, or capoeira, however the fuck you pronounce it. It makes no sense to me because, A, as a martial artist who fights with that much aggression and directness, why the fuck would you throw that in? And you countered that with saying that, oh, it's, you know, it's used as a distraction. It makes no fucking sense because if you try to distract anybody in that way, you're dead before you fucking land on the ground. Forget it. As soon as you turn around, you're fucking dead. It does not work, does not apply. Okay? No, no, I'm not done. I'm not done, Keith. (laughs) I can see him. And it also doesn't make sense with the character, which is my biggest beef. Because the character in everything that he does is extremely methodical, extremely detailed, very direct, doesn't like cut corners in any way shape or form it's one straight line from a to b everything he does is like that right and then fighting is starts off like that i think the close quarter thing that he does is is really fantastic to some extent the the range and the closing at the range is really well done and then yeah he runs up the wall and flips over and does a drop down kick and then like fuck off i want to turn it off you may speak now Okay, why why does turning your back spell certain death? Because it does. You're fighting fucking Russian mobsters. You do yeah. not turn your back. He, Clear, clearly, it, he's still standing. You do not turn your but back. But it doesn't matter if he's facing them or not because he knows exactly what they're doing whether he's facing them or not. Yes, this is true, but that doesn't matter. 
Why? Because it is the reaction time that is a factor here. No, but it's... But then it wouldn't affect his reaction time to be facing backwards or forwards. Really? He Does could, it take more time to turn around and block something? Is it more is it more easy for you to block something behind? I mean, look at how that feels, Keith. I, but he <laughs> but he's trained his entire life being blind. And like this is the thing from the comics. Direction does not matter to him. He can fight like walking backwards as effectively as he can going forward because he has a full 360 awareness. Does not need to see anything. Okay, I'll concede that to you. Like he doesn't I, th- I think also and it's trained like, that way. His character is like super emotional. Like he gets all pissed off all the time, and and that's like part of it. He just like flings himself into these fights, and and like being unexpected in all of his movements. Like nobody fights like he does, and that's probably an advantage against all these guys. Yeah, I can name so many fucking Montreal guys who would do that. Who would do, what? do what? Who would fight like that? But they wouldn't have full three sixty awareness, yeah. nor could they. Because like you know, like in Daredevil can sort of dodge bullets. Right? Yeah, because he knows. Because he can f- tell where the gun is pointing. He can feel the guy's finger moving on the trigger mm-hmm. and then can judge the trajectory and move. He does not need to be looking or facing at the person to know that. So I don't think he opens himself up by turning his back to an opponent I think whatsoever. I think he's opening himself up by turning around, climbing up a wall, backwards, and then flipping around and kicking oh. a guy. Yes. But he knows where that guy is at all times. It doesn't matter. I, I think. I think also, and this is like a key point here, it looks awesome. <laughs> and and it's a show that just wants to look cool and that's that's like a valid part. And there's of, oh, there's of also the there's scenes. also and and I mean there's the direction of it where yes it is a show and it does want to look cool yeah. and it doesn't necessarily want And like, it is a superhero show and it does need some flair, but yeah. And if I was even Daredevil and I want to be like a symbol because he talks about how important he could be. He's like I want to give the people hope. Yeah. And like whatever else like that. There's something so much crazier about, like, and then he ran up the fucking wall. And then he, sm- like, as opposed to just, like, he punched us a bunch. Like, it's so I'm much. sorry, but nothing tops the fact that this guy can't see shit through that mask. But they don't know picture. that, though. Really? He's wearing a jet pitch black mask yeah, but over they, his they eyes. They probably think that he has, like, sections of it that he can see through. Yeah, exactly. There's like, like, nobody a, ever a, mentions. It could be, like, a solid yeah. mesh. Nobody ever thinks he's blind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that severely limits your vision. Like, yeah, I know, but. But this is also a world where everybody knows about masked heroes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Daredevil, like, Daredevil exists in Marvel nine 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 or whatever. Okay. The fucking yeah. whatever Infinite Earth the movies are in, a different Infinite Earth than the X Men movies. I read about this this weekend. Because huh. there's, because you know, you know, Marvel. we're yeah, bad separate uh, uh, media consumers having not seen fucking the new Age of Ultron. I haven't yeah. yet, but I wanna. I know. Well, I want to too, but, but I, we should have all seen it before yeah, this podcast. I kind of don't care about it, and I'll just say I don't care about it. I'll see it. Yeah. But I, I've, I think I even said this on previous episodes. Uh-huh. Like I'm just more excited for Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm legitimately like I'll, I I was kind of like that with the first Avengers movie too. I'm yeah. like I I know it will be good. I know it'll be entertaining. I it's still a popcorn even, movie. I might have even seen it in theaters twice. Yeah. Like, but I just had no like. I need to go see it right now. Oh my god, Avengers! I'm waiting. I, I'm waiting because I can't stand the freaking crowds. Yeah, that's the well. only reason. But I do that for every movie. Whenever I do go see movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I'm I'm excited for Avengers. Like mm-hmm. I'd I'd be more excited for Guardians of the Galaxy two than I would be for almost any Avengers film. True, and like, also definitely you're right. Mad Max. I'm more pumped for Mad Max than I am for Guardians because it looks like a new or thing. for. Um, I'm excited Avengers. for Mad Max because it's going to feature fashion that I've always fantasized of wearing Post- since I was a kid. Fashion. 
Yeah. Charlize Theron with half her head black. Is she in there? Yeah. yeah. She's, she's the, the, uh, the the female protagonist. She's the what's the term for that? Love interest. No, like she's the because in the movies, the movies are never really about Mad Max, right? Like they're always about Mad Max kind of like helping someone else and like mm-hmm. his story getting into she gets inter he gets intertwined with her story because Mad Max is just like I'm a badass and I only help myself. But oh, then he always ends up. But helping your cause other is people. crazy worthy, so now I'm helping you. Yeah. Like that's kind of like the Mad Max way. Is that like when because he thinks that the whole world is shit, but then when he finds something that is like worth helping, worth helping, then he yeah. fucking goes to town. Did you have you seen the fucking footage of the big flaming guitar guy? Yeah, dude. He it plays the so guitar cool. and then shoots fire. He has people. a big guitar and he's like boom and just shoots fire. What? And From he has a giant ass truck yeah. that's just mounted with amps and makes noise and fire out of his guitar. And he's like, that's amazing. This is my vehicle. And the back has drummers like banging yep. on it. It's like fucking like sea ship drum. It looks so cool. Everything in this movie looks amazing. I think, I think also the color looks incredible. Like just from all the trailers that I've everything seen, everything looks the, like, burnt. Yeah, like, like the it just it looks beautiful. Every 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 like frame of fucking painting, yeah. it looks so good. I'm so so excited. I want to stop talking about this and go see it right now. It's not even. It's not even out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm super 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 psyched. We didn't really f- talk finish talking about the video game. I suppose the video what, game. Which video game? Which video game? Which video the Mad Max video game. I think I feel like we did that already. We talked about it like two weeks two ago. Three. Yeah. Why are two, we hidden in one hour? Or two what? weeks is such a long time. We're coming up. We're in like our final ten minutes. We talked yeah. about Binding of Isaac for a really long time. Well, yeah, that's because John just got into it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody should get into it. I think it's fifteen bucks. That ten. much? I think it might even be ten. It's like, where'd you get it on PC or PC? Of course. I think it was fifteen on. Uh, PlayStation, PlayStation. Yeah. It's crossplay if you have a Vita, so oh, yeah. so you could play it on the twosies. On the pooper, yeah, that's what yep. I do constantly. Yep. yep, you play a game about poop while you're pooping. It's a great game to have on the Vita because, again, with the playtime of like an hour, you go to bed at like ten thirty and you play it an hour and then you're in bed mm-hmm. and you just shut it down. You'd read. I like to read before I fall asleep. You do that. It's better for you, supposedly. Yeah, for sure. Not looking at a screen. Yeah, because the better. screen is uh, screen is blue light or something. Yep. Habs. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is fucking game <sighs> five. Crazy. Sophie, thoughts on the Habs? Chief Senior uh, Sports Correspondent Sophie, <laughs> everybody. Is, is Subban still playing? Yes. Okay. Name another player. Carey Price. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was, like, from a long time ago. No, Carey Price is the... He's on all the posters. That's annoying. Well, because he's the best goaltender in the world. He was, in fact, nominated for... The MVP of the entire league this year. So he's one of the best hockey. He's one of the top three hockey players in the world right now as a goaltender, which means he's the best goaltender because mm-hmm. there's no other goaltender on that list. I don't know what he looks like. He looks like a beautiful golden god. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. He stops the pucks real good. And they still play on ice, right? Yes. Okay. That I'm good. part is not senior changed. sports correspondent. So. <laughs> Yeah, hockey good. is still played on ice. Do they yes. still tape up the things on their sticks? Yes, yes they do. They still put tape on the sticks. Why do they do that? Uh, why do they? Which part? Taping the taping the blade or taping the handle? Do they do both? Most kids will tape the handle, but everybody tapes the blade. Why? Because it makes a little bit of softness, so that when you catch the puck, it doesn't just go clack and bounce off of it, and then like you lose the puck. So you have a little bit of softness to to catch the puck. Okay, and they still steam it to bend the thing. A little bit. You can have a, there's a certain I legal remember cr- this. there's a certain legal curve that you're allowed to, and more legal. Okay. more than that, 
legal curve becomes illegal because it gives you an unfair advantage. It's like a spoon like for the puck. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. And you can handle it real easy and stuff. And that was hockey for beginners, folks. Do, 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 do. Famously, in the 1993 Stanley Cup series, um, everybody was playing with illegal curved pucks or curved sticks, and everybody knew about it. And then all of a sudden, the Habs iced the puck, so didn't have a timeout. And then Jacques Lemaire was like, I think that the Los Angeles Kings have illegal curves on their sticks. So did not use a timeout, but then they had to measure the curve. Los Angeles Kings were using illegal sticks. Mm-hmm. While the Habs are breaking sticks on the bench, because they were also using illegal sticks. Mm-hmm. So got the timeout, got a penalty <laughs> to the Kings, scored on that penalty, tied it up, won in overtime. Hooray for cheating. Okay, but tonight... Tonight, is, so this, this podcast is happening on Thursday. So hopefully... Sports We're fans. still in the game. We are still in the game. Yep. So they went down three to nothing to Tampa Bay under like incredibly weird fucking one, dubious. One game was a blowout. No, Two no, no, of no. them had some okay. dubious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The first game was kind of sketchy. Yeah. Like the first game was, I mean, like, oh, playoff hockey, they don't call penalties, whatever. And then there was an incredibly offside play that Tampa Bay scored on in double overtime. Yeah. So that was like already you're like a blown fucking offside call basically gave them the goal because there's like how could Montreal defensemen react properly because they were crazy offside. They had a breakout pass that was cheating. Offside, yeah. You know, it's like so you beat the defenseman with a pass which they couldn't have reacted to because you were over the line. Yep. Second game was a fucking shit show. Yeah. Like Habs were on a constant parade to the penalty box including like the two most like egregious penalties where Brandon Prust decides to get a rough penalty where he's trying to like goat someone into uh, getting into a fight with him. The referee then gives him a penalty. He's skating to the box. The referee is just screaming at him. Like you can watch the replay, nonstop screaming, follows him to the box, is pointing at him and yelling. And like certainly at least the word fucker comes out of the ref's mo- mouth at one point. Wow. Like, and it's obviously like. Pro- is that like, bad? When the referee, like imagine a cop calling you a fucker. You'd be like, I'm feeling a little bit like you're the guy this in charge. This is not of, fair right now. You're in charge of enforcing the rules, and you're calling me a fucker. Okay. Like, you should at least be unbiased. You're the guy's enforcing the rules. But if you're being a fucker. But you're the guy enforcing the rules. You you dish, you dish give penalties. You don't call me a fucker. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's, to me, as an authority figure, that person is crossing the line. Like, you're the guy who's enforcing anyway. the rules. You're a referee. So, anyway, and then... On, I, it's, you can't really see what Pruss is saying because on the replay, Pruss has his back. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, the referee gives him a fucking unsportsmanlike. So now it's a four-minute penalty yep. instead of a two-minute penalty for what was nothing. And even all sorts of analysts are like, that player was riled up and in a physical altercation a second ago. Mm-hmm. You are the referee who wasn't involved in that physical altercation. Like You should have the fucking sense to not follow him to the box yelling at him. Like, that guy is, like, heated up anyway. They're like, I'm not saying that whatever Pruss did was okay, but that's not a penalty if you just let him go to the box and shut the door. Right? Like, why do you follow this guy? Same thing, too. Dale Weiss got hooked, was like, how was that not a penalty? And because I guess the refs were already pissed off at Pruss, were like, not only was that not a penalty, I don't like the way you're talking to me. You're kicked out of this game right now. And And then you see Dale Weiss is like, What? Like, literally, you know, like, sometimes when you see, like, a penalty gets called and the ref, like, players go up and, like, chirp to the ref and the ref just, like, shakes their head and waves them away? Yeah. Instead of shaking his head and waving him away, he threw him out of the fucking game. Yeah. So, like, that's, like, crazy shit. Was that in Montreal or was that in... Uh, that was in Montreal for game okay. two. Weird. Then in game three, just surprise, surprise, 
Tampa could not get a penalty called against them because refs are a fucking like oh I forgot. Brendan Prust said the ref called me a motherfucker and said he was going to fucking throw me out of the game and said whatever else like that, which breaks the unwritten rule of you're not allowed to talk bad about the refs. He got fined five grand yeah. for saying that in a like in an interview. Wow. And then the refs did not call a fucking thing in favor of the Canadians in game three. So then the Habs were down 3 nothing <laughs> in this series. Something they has only ever been come back from Four times in history. Jeez. Been down 3 nothing and won the series. Yeah. But the Habs have never gone past a game five in that situation. So they've always been either been eliminated in a game four or a game five. But the Habs have come back and won the last two and pushed a game six, which no Montreal Canadian squad has done ever. Like, hmm. if the Habs have been down 3 nothing, they have lost by game five. They've never pushed a game six. So game we're in game six tonight. Game six tonight. Yeah. So this is all they've all, like they said, like, they've already kind of like made history with a form of comeback, but it'll like only be a footnote unless they win the series. You know, yeah, like yeah. they've already had a bigger comeback than the Habs have ever had being down three, nothing a lot of pressure on tonight. And then if they win but, the next game is going to be like anybody's night, you know, well, but that's the thing is, that, yeah. and the way that they're saying it is like, in a way there's more pressure on tonight, the, yeah. no, but on the bolts right now. Yeah. Because they were like the fucking Habs are like, the Habs have already statistically lost this series. Yep. Like, yeah. if the Bolts can't get it done, Bolts is the short form for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yay, I understand. <laughs> exactly. If the Bolts, like, <laughs> it's on the Bolts to send them home. Yeah. You know, and it's like, because the Habs have already, like, made it a series, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. they've kind of, like, not to say that like, there's no pressure on the Habs, but they're like, there's kind of more pressure to just, like, hey, you guys are up 3 nothing, and now it's only 3-2. You should probably... What the fuck is going on you here, You should probably guys, yeah. just win this one. <laughs> like, so... Who knows what will happen. So hopefully this podcast comes out on Thursday, and hopefully the Habs are still in the playoffs and there's a game on Thursday. And if there isn't, well, I'm glad that they didn't get swept. Yep. And yeah, at least at sure. least like retained some dignity after going down 3 nothing, because that's a sad sad spot to be in. Hmm. It is sad. How did, what, when, you were like, when you see the city going crazy for the playoffs over here, you're like, all these people are in a big, stupid cult. A big, stupid cult where they wear red, white, and blue. No, this I just don't care. I I kind of just really tune it out, honestly. John's coming. Scottish John's probably coming over, right? No, or no, he, not probably. He is coming over. He is coming over. I don't He's know. He's very excited. I, thought, I was gonna. I I just had to correct myself. I was like, maybe the rain scared him away. No, no, he's Scottish. Yeah, yeah. That's he's like, correct. what a lovely day. <laughs> he's like, this is great. Out into the Let's rain. go outside. <laughs> this sky right now is what it was like in Scotland most of the time. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, fucking weather is drunk today. Yeah. yeah. Messed up. It was super sunny for like an hour. In the middle yep. of the day it was super yep. weird. So yeah, but so so Scottish John, I guess did he watch hockey over in Scotland to be like, what is this sport of Canada? We watched the, the he playoffs. Liked, last I know, I remember yeah. that, but he was already yeah. here. I wanted he to really know. liked hockey over there. He said that he was super sad because like people who were legally blind in one eye were the star players in Scotland. Funny fact: we have a player who's legally blind in one eye playing on the Montreal Canadiens right now. Oh, that's cool. But he was rege- rejected, and he was Canadian, and he got shipped over to Scotland, and he's, like, fucking amazing over there. Hmm. Don't ask me who it is, but John likes telling that story. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like Dale Weiss, who's one of our uh, one of our pluggers on, uh, like, third Weiss. or fourth line. Dale Weiss is referred to as the Dutch Gretzky. Uh-huh. Because during the uh, during the lockout, he went to go play in the Netherlands. Okay. And just was the only NHL player who went into this, like, particular, like, league. league. Yeah. And just was like ripping it up with like <laughs> three, four goals a night and everything else like that. And they were like the only player who's put up this many points in a professional 
quotationally <laughs> is Gretzky. Gretzky. So he's like the Dutch Gretzky. He's, yeah. he's not Dutch, but it's like the newspapers are just like, Dale Weiss! Like, <laughs> like in the local sports area, we're just like, the team that had Dale Weiss just like stormed the entire league. And he's like, he's a pretty good third line player, but he's just, just a third line player who just like annihilated the Netherlands mm-hmm. as the Dutch Gretzky. And then met and married his smoking hot wife. Yeah. Smoking hot Dutch wife. Like, Dale Weiss is not a pretty good-looking guy whatsoever. All right, I'm going to Google this guy now and prove you wrong. Dale Weiss? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Listener, Google along with Sophie. Take a look <laughs> at Dale Weiss and then be like, oh. I don't know oh, where my Dale phone Weiss. went. I feel like we're crossing the hour here. We are, we're, we're coming up on it. We have, yeah. uh, do you have uh, closing remarks while Sophie looks up Dale oh, Weiss? Oh, there it is. Um, I, can't, I can't think of that, that, that to do. I'm looking forward to like Fantasia I, like mad. Yeah, it's coming up real soon. Oh, not real soon. It's going to be exciting. Whatever, three months? Two months. Two months? Two months ish. Yeah. You've got to learn to add a podcast. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Google Dale Weiss' wife. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, Listener, Google along with Sophie. <laughs> you're going to be like, damn. Yeah. So we Dale do, Weiss do you have any wife. closing comments? I will. And um, holy crap. How did he score that? Because he was the Dutch Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> what the like, actual fuck? I want to see her now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is as good a point to end the podcast on as any. Go Habs, go Dale Weiss. Fucking playing way out of your league, but way to go, on. this this guy. Well done, this dude. Goodbye, everyone. Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb, usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday, a new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. All right, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.